0: This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. And now your host, he believes our ability to make choices is one of our greatest gifts. He's my dad, Brandon Burton. Hello Chamber Champions, welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, where it is my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your Chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Jason Mock, President and CEO of the San Marcos Area Chamber to learn how the Holman Brothers have provided value for his Chamber.
1: Two years ago, we brought in Holman Brothers to help our organization go to that next level. And in those two years, our team has transformed the way that we think about sponsorships and non-dues revenue. And I would really encourage you, if you're looking to take your chamber to the next level, to bring on the Holman Brothers.
0: You can learn more about Holman Brothers membership sales solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Chamber leaders know firsthand how unexpected disturbances in the business environment have become the norm. Even the most experienced membership reps need to continually evolve to overcome these disruptions and create new opportunities. Holman Brothers Next Level Coaching supplies the year-round sales coaching and mentoring your membership rep needs to navigate, change, and continue driving revenue for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash nextlevel to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching. Our guest for this episode is Heath Taylor. Heath is the president and CEO of the Dublin-Lawrence County Chamber of Commerce. Heath is a native of Augusta, Georgia. Heath served as the vice president of business and community development at the Aiken Chamber of Commerce and as a vice president at the Columbia County Chamber of Commerce in Evans, Georgia. He's a graduate of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Institute through the University of Georgia and currently serves on the board of regents for the U.S. Institute of Organizational Management, the Georgia Chamber Federation Advisory Council, the Georgia Rural Prosperity Council, the Georgia Chamber of Commerce Executives Board, Middle Georgia Easter Seals Board of Directors, and the Robbins Regional Museum of Aviation Board of Directors. Heath has served as Community Lay Director for the Georgia Lena Walk to Emmaus, and currently serves as pastor of Go Baptist Church. Heath is married to Tammy and has three children, Trent, Camden, and Kayla. Well, Heath, I'm excited to have you with me today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and share something you find interesting about yourself so we can all get to know
1: you a little better. Well, thank you, Brandon. Appreciate the opportunity today, and I want to say thank you to all the folks out there that are in, in chamber world that understand what we do, how we do, and why we do, and, and really appreciate your efforts and the impact uh, that you're making in your communities. Um, I don't know how interesting it may be to people, but I get asked this a lot. As president and CEO at the chamber, yes, this is a full-time job, and, and I do this much more than 40 hours a week. Um, and some people ask, well, are you a bi-vocational pastor? Uh, I'm also a full-time pastor. And so, wow. Sometimes that involves 40 plus hours a week. It just depends on what's going on. But uh, what I really appreciate and enjoy, uh, the, the two jobs that I have complement one another. And uh, I was telling someone this morning, even uh, I confuse people sometimes in the morning because I'm getting my coffee at a, a local restaurant here. And they say, what are you so happy about? And I tell them because I'm going to work. Um, and I'm, I'm one of those people. I don't have to go to work. I get to go to work. And I think that's important for us, though. So I love what we do.
0: Yeah. Now, that mindset makes all the difference, for sure, of, of getting to go to work. But I found it interesting that you're a pastor as well, because like you said, the two different, the two jobs do complement each other. And uh, I don't know, maybe you'll touch on that in our discussion today, of kind of some of that crossover. Yeah. Um, But why don't you take a moment to tell us a little bit about your chamber, kind of the size, budget, staff, just to kind of set the table for
1: our discussion. Okay, fantastic. And I think it's important to start. I've been here six years when I came to Dublin, Lawrence County. We're a rural community in the middle of Georgia. um, And this chamber had uh, just over 400 members and an annual budget of almost three hundred thousand dollars. And as in a lot of rural communities, there was a lot of mentality. Um, some people call it "cave mentality." The citizens against virtually everything, but <laughs> but a lot of people that have been here a long way, long time, and they're used to doing things a particular way. So when I, I first came, we started talking about events and programs and sponsorships, ambassador programs, and different things. Uh, there was a lot of pushback. And, and I even had a few of my board members, I remember, laughed, uh, actually laughed out loud in a board meeting, even at the, the mention of a $5,000 sponsor for our program. And and they said, you know, I don't know about where you come from in Columbia County or Augusta, uh, but we don't do that here. To which I had to reply, we will start or I won't be here very long. Um, but to their credit, they've, they've gotten behind our chamber, supported our chamber today, We're close to 600 members and we're closer to 650,000 on our annual budget. So we've doubled our annual budget uh, and and grown about 150 net uh, in our membership. So it's been a a great community to work with. And and I believe that support builds support. Momentum builds momentum. Um, And more importantly, I think we're starting to even work more regionally um, because that's so important as well for Rural communities, uh, especially in the state of Georgia.
0: Yeah, I think I mean we could go down a whole rabbit hole of mm-hmm. regional, um, you know, cooperation with with other chambers, especially when it comes to things like economic development and, and advocacy and things like that. But um, we'll we'll focus our discussion, our topic for discussion today, around ambassador programs and and really you know understanding where your chamber fits in in your community kind of what what your role is and we'll get into that discussion as soon as we get back from this quick break are you looking for a year round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or cvb look no further build a custom eat shop play mobile app with app my community by visiting appmycommunity.com/chamberchat App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a Small Business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built in scavenger hunts allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your app My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com/chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an app My Community mobile app. Oftentimes, Chamber Nation's customers agree that since Amazon is all centralized, then why not their own community, including their professional service providers? Since Chamber Nation includes a full-service membership services department to handle all of your new member onboarding and ongoing support at no extra cost to the members, this is now possible. Once the program is all set up, each member going forward will receive monthly membership ROI reports the entire community will also have access to community-wide economic development reports that are terrific for supporting grant opportunities too. With Chamber Nation, not only will you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. All right, Heath, we're back. Um, So as I mentioned before the break, we'll be talking about ambassador programs. And it's my understanding you have kind of a robust, I'll say, ambassador program. So I'd love to to have you share with us how you approach um, working with ambassadors, onboarding ambassadors, just your overall program and how you engage with them.
1: So probably one of the programs I'm most proud of and most near and dear to my heart is the ambassador program here at the Dublin Lawrence Chamber. Um, So we do have a program sponsor. And and I mentioned that to a lot of folks in chambers because a lot of folks don't have a sponsor. We have a really, really great sponsor here. And it just so happens to be Bass Physical Therapy, which if you break down the word ambassador right in the middle of it is bass. So, So that was a God thing for us here. Um, to have Bass Physical Therapy come on board with us. Uh, Something else that kind of shocks people, Brandon, when I first mentioned this to them, is all of our ambassadors do pay $150 a year to participate in our program. I would tell you I've not had one ambassador to date complain about the $150 when they see the value of the program. Uh, This program is a big win for us as well as the folks that participate So they are interviewed. Anyone that's in our Chamber Ambassador Program, if I don't know you personally, you have to come in just like you would for a job interview. And I've gotta know why you would wanna be in this program, what you can bring to this program, if your supervisor or your owner is allowing you to participate. And we look for a particular type of person to fit into this program. Um, Once they are accepted into the program, we have a full day of training that you must attend uh, in addition to be a part of the program. And that's a that's a day of training. It's it's kind of Chamber 101, uh, but it's everything that we are and everything that we are not. So our ambassadors can answer the question, you know, when people say, well, you get out of it, what you put into it. Well, they've got the right answer, Um, you know, kind of a trick question. Ask them sometimes, sell me a membership. A lot of times they start off telling you about the programs and events and I back them up and stop them right there. Um, Who are you talking to? You always have to know who you're talking to, because some things that we do are important to some people that are not important to others. So I would say pretty rigorous training for our ambassadors. Um, And then they represent us in the community. We break up our entire membership among our ambassadors. So they get just over 20 contacts apiece. And again, they're trained and coached on how to call, how to email and how to make personal visits to those businesses. They meet together monthly for lunch. Um, We have the mayor come in, city council. We've had Arthur's books, police chief, different people come in uh, to share information with them that other folks in the community or even in the businesses are not privy to. So they they get firsthand knowledge on a lot of things there. Uh, They meet together monthly, have lunch together and build their network. Additionally, um, you know, they build, networks and and friendships and relationships with the people that are their personal contacts. Uh, So that's a kind of a a real quick overview of of that program.
0: Yeah, so I think you've hit on several important highlights. Um, So do you have like an open enrollment period for chamber ambassadors or is it as people are interested? How do you approach that?
1: So November is usually when we send out applications for the upcoming year. Uh, Training always takes place the last week of January uh, and because you are an ambassador this year does not guarantee you a position on the team next year. Uh, Through doing that we've actually really created a lot of demand uh, and and interest in the program. Um, Whether it be good or bad I, I do tell people and I want people to know we have way more applications than we have positions on our ambassador team. So it is a select elite group of folks and it's Two words we like to use to be an ambassador here is privilege and responsibility. Um, but I'm glad to know that that people are applying and they're interested. Sometimes, Brandon, it's just not a good fit. Um, I'm honored to say, you know, we've had president and CEO at the hospital inquire about the ambassador program and being on that team. And uh, it's just not a good fit for the CEO at the hospital, not that it's beneath them Uh but this person's busy and they don't have time to do the meetings and the networking and the ribbon cuttings and all the different things that we require of our ambassadors.
0: Right. I think the similar thing could be said about a, a board position as well. Mm-hmm. Trying to recruit for a board, it, it kind of falls in the same category. It's got to be a good fit. Absolutely. And, uh, make sure that the, the time is there and the expectations are well known, which I wanted to touch on the expectations, like through the interview process and through the, required training you provide, it really does help to set those expectations that this is what we expect of you to do. This is what an ambassador role is. Um, and giving them those resources to, to go do it. Um, I'm, I'm curious, how did this start? Like, how did you come up with the ambassador program? And how would a chamber listening who thinks, man, Heath has really got it going on there.
1: <laughs> like, how so- would I get started? Yeah, I think one of the most important things, a couple of things go into that, Brandon. And first and foremost is when we have any networking event, whether it be a first Friday event, a business after hours, a women in business, a golf event, whatever it is. I'm looking for those people that, that walk up to people and introduce themselves, always willing to smile, shake a hand and they're friendly and they're outgoing. Um, you know, and then the, the people that that's your job to be yeah. out in the community to build your network and build your alliances and, and friendships and things. Those are the people that make a good fit for this program. Um, so pretty strategic in, in who. I would tell you a majority, 75% of the folks that are in my program, I sought them out personally. Okay, um, The other 25% are probably people that applied that, that I've had the pleasure of getting to know um, over a period of time. Um, with that, your ambassador chair is of utmost importance and, and we are blessed here. The, the guy that's our ambassador chair, he is saying the chamber world drinks the Kool-Aid. He believes 100% in the chamber mission and the purpose. He's our cheerleader. He keeps the, the men and women involved. He has contests for them constantly, uh, gift certificates at lunch for different things that he has them. So we have a fun group. Uh, it's a personable, a very personable group. Uh, we pray together. We laugh together. We've cried together. We've lost members of our ambassador team uh, for different reasons over the years, but our ambassadors are there for one another. Um, it, it's almost much more than a team. It's it's a it extension of family. So,
0: yeah, uh, that that is great. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about the the spot the program sponsor? For the yeah. Ambassadors. Yeah. So what does that that entail? yeah
1: right and people ask me because we have a five thousand dollar sponsor here which is a lot more than i thought originally that we would have and if i can tell you real quick how that happened i don't mind sharing and they're they're still happy and fine with this but when i talked about our ambassador program to our sponsor i mentioned all of the things that we do as a team and then i mentioned to them you know when we do our training your company name, your, your logo, everything is on the notebook. We actually have notebooks for training for our ambassadors. Uh, you will also have a person on this team, which worked out well again with Bass because my chair actually works for Bass Physical Therapy. Okay. Um, we do quarterly awards and we do those at our, our monthly breakfast. So Bass Physical Therapy comes up and, and introduces that person and gives that award uh, on our website, if you go to the website, anything you read with Ambassadors, Bass Physical Therapy has their name and their logo. And probably the biggest thing is our annual award for Ambassador of the Year is presented at the Chamber's annual dinner. And of course, the folks from Bass Physical Therapy come on stage and present that award as well. Anytime we have ribbon cuttings, uh, we always recognize and thank our sponsor and, and give them a, a, a minute to welcome the business and speak at the ribbon cuttings as well. So. That's part of that sponsorship. $5,000. How did we get $5,000? That's what people ask me. My goal was $2,500. But when I was, and, and I'm, I love to talk about negotiating, and maybe that's another story another day. Yeah. But I like to sit down and ask my program sponsors, what, what, what does this look like to you? What do you want out of this? Here's what I'm offering, but what do you need? And we work together until I get them to ask me, well, Heath, how much is it? How much do you want for this? To which I always reply, I would say, Brandon, what, what's it worth what's to? What's it worth to, you? yeah. Well, when Mr. Bass said, I don't know, $5,000, uh, I'm overwhelmed inside and bubbling, but I had to keep a straight face and stay calm. And, and uh, just stay yeah. <laughs> that's not exactly the number I had in mind. Um, let me ask you this. If you'll commit to two years, I'll do 5000 And so they said, absolutely, put us down. That was six years ago. Um, they've stayed with us. They see the value in the program. That so, is awesome. Very fortunate there. Now, some people do ask sometimes, what if he would have said 2000 And that's another story, like I said, on another day to negotiate. Um, yeah. But
0: yeah. But even you know, that, even awesome. that example you shared, that's a, a good example of negotiating, showing the value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And it, it's all having the discussion, right? And seeing right. what the value is, what they need from it, what's it worth to them. Right. And make sure that things align. Make sure those expectations are
1: met. I do. I think too many times in the chamber world, uh, people come in with their sheet or their flyer and they're giving you here's what you get in the sponsorship when, you know, there's two or three things on that list that's not even important to the person that you're trying to to build this sponsorship with. So I think we need to get their input, um, get their buy in and, and, you know, then, yeah, they'll pay for it.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's good advice right there. So I'm wondering for a chamber who has a, a typical ambassador program, taking whatever volunteers will, will sign up and, and show up at ribbon cuttings or whatever it may be, whatever their program looks like. How would you suggest if they wanted to go more this direction, having, you know, paid ambassador, you know, ambassadors pay into the program, having a program sponsor, just changing the whole outlook of the program mm-hmm. and really making it more of a program?
1: Uh, How, Brandon, would be your suggestion? Yeah. Yeah. I've been all over the Southeast. Uh, I would dare say almost 100 chambers that I've worked with on ambassador programs. And let me be clear to say the number one reason some of them fail is they don't charge for the program. And, and when you charge even $150, and you can explain that by saying we need to cater lunch every month, and, and that's where your money goes, even though I get a lot of lunches sponsored, um, that's buy in. They have some skin in the game, you know, a volunteer program. A lot of times and there's no charge. Well, they show up if they want to and they don't. Um, Back to what you mentioned earlier, a lot of them have people. Hey, whoever we can get to show up whenever we can get them to show up, we'll take anybody we can get.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't care if you only have three ambassadors, have the three best ambassadors that believe in what you're doing and how you're doing and you will grow your program. But it's be clear that it's not for any and everybody to participate. Train your ambassadors, equip them and and make it to where, like I said, for one hundred and fifty dollars, this is a steal. The the training that you're getting, the networking, uh, the connections that you're making, the people that you have access to. So it's, it's all in building the program and then presenting it to the folks that you want to be in the program. Yeah.
0: And for those listening, figure out your own price point. It doesn't have to be exactly. 150, exactly. It could be 200, yes. 300 it could be 50, you know, just have some skin in the game is the point. And, and the people. same
1: with the sponsorship, whether it's a $500 sponsorship, about whatever it is, but you can actually turn. So our, our ambassador program here generates about $3,500 a year for us in revenue uh, after everything's paid for. And we, we spend a lot of money on our ambassadors and we invest in our ambassadors. We do bowling parties with them and, and, numerous things to thank them and appreciate them for all the hard work that they're doing. But at the end of the day, it's a revenue generator.
0: That's right.
1: So talk to
0: me about, you had mentioned each ambassador has about 20 businesses that they're Mm -hmm. kind of assigned to. Um, How does, how do you figure out which businesses are assigned to who, what kind of methodology goes into that?
1: You're going to love this. Um, So at the beginning of every year, even if you've been an ambassador for five years, you get new contacts, okay uh and so we start with the letter a in those businesses and if i've got you know 35 ambassadors then i put out 35 sheets of paper and then i go back and stack on top of. so they are randomly assigned now if you have somebody that you just are adamant you want to have that person and keep that person we work with you to do that Uh, the other thing we allow is on that first day of training It's almost like kids trading bubblegum cards. But if if there's a company that you have really been trying to get your foot in the door and you just haven't been able to, and you want that company, if you can get the person that has that company to trade a company with you, we allow (laughs) for that trading to take place. Um, Then as the year goes on, um, you know, 10 or 12 new members a month, we've got a great membership salesperson here. We're having 10 or 12, sometimes 14 new members per month at the monthly luncheon. Uh, This is a real strategic process. So I've got 14 new member packets here. When I call out a new business, the first hand that goes up, that's who gets that business. Okay, That's how they're assigned after the initial um, startup of the program.
0: Yeah. So each year, though, are their contacts changed up? Is that what I understood?
1: Each year they get a new list of contacts Mm -hmm. because you've had 12 months in most cases to build a relationship. Right. If you didn't, and they understand out of 22, 23 contacts, you're not going to build 23 brand new friendships, relationships, partnerships. But if you get six or eight, is that not worth 150 bucks? Yeah. And and most of the time they're probably average that six or eight. And then next year you get a, a new book of business and you got new opportunities to meet more people. Yeah, I love it. And And, and probably about a quarter turnover. Uh, I like to have about 25 percent turnover in the program every year uh, to have a few new people in and, and give some folks a chance that, that might not have had a chance prior. Yeah. So
0: how do you manage that as you bring in new ones and let some out of the program? Is it uh, I mean, they're, they're doing the interview process, application process each year. Um,
1: right. and, and, you know, at the beginning of the year in training, every ambassador is told. You know, prior service doesn't guarantee you a spot on the team next year. So in November, you're going to get one of two emails from me. One email says thank you for your service in the ambassador program, and and we wish you well in your future endeavors. And one says we sure hope you're planning to reapply for the program next year. Okay. And, and if you get the email saying we wish you well, if you and if you have any discrepancies or you you think you should have come back and give me a call, and we'll have a discussion about it.
0: Okay, I like that. It's a good approach. Um, So how about trying to figure out the role of your chamber in your community? Um, What are your thoughts on that? And how does that, how do you, how does the chamber go about finding where they fit it?
1: I think Brandon, you mentioned in my bio. So I was at Aiken with a thousand members and a million dollar budget, Columbia County. Same thing, thousand members, million dollar budget, both five star accredited chambers. And then I come to a little small chamber in Dublin, Georgia. Um, you really have to look around in your community and, and find yourself and find out what does my community need that I can help solve. To me, that's what we're here for. The chamber's your problem solver in the community and we want people to come to us for solutions. But where can we really make an impact? And, and that's as a board, um, I think we have to work together in every community. Uh, you know, I work with a lot of communities around me that are, are just uh, poverty stricken communities. And, and they look at what we're doing here and they say, wow, we see what you're doing. We see what Dublin's doing. And how do we do that? And I tell them, don't do Dublin, do your community and be the best chamber you can be for your community. What find a, a need or two? that you can address, that you can make some progress with, that you can toot your horn and say, look what we did. And then grow that momentum um, from there. But does not always have to, I think people reach for the stars sometimes too early. Um, yeah. You know, find some wins, get some wins for your chamber. Uh, some things that you can say, hey, look what we did together. And then you can grow that momentum and grow your influence in your community.
0: I love that. Like that's, one of the next questions I was going to ask you as far as uh, like a tip or an action item for a chamber to, that's listening to help take them up to the next level. Um, do you have other, other suggestions that you'd put out there? To-
1: well, I, I do look at your larger chambers. And, and I'm fortunate because I worked at two of those chambers and, and they, again, they were five star credited chambers. So I've brought a lot of the things that we did in those chambers to this community But as you mentioned earlier, I've had to tweak some of those things. You know, I had $8,000 table sponsors at my annual dinner when I was in Aiken. Here, I have $2,500 table sponsors. Um, You know, some of the programs are the same program, but they got a new twist or a new look. But but look at greatness and look at what greatness looks like so that you can become great. Um, Sometimes we don't know in a small community what greatness looks like because we haven't seen it. So that would be my advice. Look at some successful chambers, some of your successful peers and find out what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then learn how you can adapt that to make it be successful in your community.
0: I love it. To look at greatness. It makes me think of, you know, when you have a limiting beliefs, you know, we can't get, a you know, $5,000 ambassador right. sponsor. You know, that, that could be a limiting belief for you. Sure. But if you look to greatness, you know, for people listening, look to Heath and be like, hey. He, he did it there in Dublin. Why, why can't I scale it for the size chamber I have bigger or smaller and to see something you know relative?
1: Right. So, yeah uh, like, yeah great. And then I have to throw my scripture in there Brandon. I do believe you know Philippians 4:13 all things are possible uh, and we do work here and and we pray weekly uh, in our staff meetings here you know we want our work to be pleasing to the Lord. That's important to us. That's great. So I like
0: asking everybody this question that I have on the show is we look to the future of Chambers. How do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward?
1: I think that that back to what we talked about a few minutes ago, uh, you know, Chambers of Commerce should never embrace change. They should lead change. Um, and I think we better realize how we need to do that in our communities. Uh, I love at the Chamber Institute uh, where I get to serve on the Board of Regents. One of my favorite courses there is called "Innovate or Die," and and that's what I believe for our chambers. We better be change agents and innovative and leading our communities, or we're going to be irrelevant. Yes. And again, whatever that is to your particular community, whatever that change and that innovation needs to look like.
0: Yeah. And I know whenever we think of innovation, I, I always get a little bit hesitant just because, you know, it's easy to chase those shiny objects. You know, it's easy to chase the, the next, you know, attractive thing, and it may not be aligned with your mission. It may not be aligned with the direction that your chamber really should be going so as, as you look to, to lead change, make sure it's something that your
1: chamber should be leading the change for
0: and, and that it aligns
1: well. But yeah, and, and just a pet peeve for me, Brandon, if I could throw it in there, but if you're a chamber of commerce listening or watching this, don't do fundraisers. Uh, execute your program of work. Everything that you do in your chamber should fall into your program of work. You're not doing a fundraiser. You're executing a program of work. And yes, we have to have money to operate just like any other business does. And we need to run our chamber that way.
0: Another great point. Yeah, I think of, you know, my daughter right now playing middle school sports, basketball, volleyball. Every year they're tasked with a fundraiser. And they're supposed to get 20 email addresses and basically (laughs) spam these email addresses for any amount of donation. And that's all it is. It's a fundraiser. You're asking for donations. And that really, if a chamber is just going after fundraisers and donations, it really devalues what the chamber has to offer. So keeping it within your body of work is such an important point.
1: Absolutely. Should fit with our program of work, everything that we do.
0: That's right. Well, Heath, I appreciate you being with us today. You've shared a, a ton of value and, and I think some good stuff for people to kind of mull over and see what they might need to change at their chamber, um, how they might be able to apply and scale some of these things that we've talked about. But if a listener wanted to reach out and connect with you about your ambassador program or anything else you touched on, what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect?
1: I'll give you an email and a phone number if that's okay to do. Sure. 706 414 0014. And my email is htaylor at Dublin dash Georgia, spell out Georgia dot com. htaylor, Dublin dash Georgia dot com. And uh, if anybody is is indifferent to anything I've talked about today or, or uh, you know, has something different or better. I, I would love to talk with them um, to, to better ourselves and what we do here.
0: Yeah. And I'll, I'll get your contact information in our show notes for this episode, which will be found at chamberchatpodcast.com slash episode 170. But again, this has been a, a great discussion. And I think one that has probably opened the eyes of some chambers listening as to new opportunities. So thanks again for, for being with us and sharing
1: this insight. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Would you be interested in creating even more value from the processes that you're already doing on a daily basis? Swipe It has been one of my sponsors for Chamber Chat from the beginning. Swipe It provides credit card payment solutions that will save your Chamber up to 40% on your processing fees, and Swipe It can integrate your credit card processing seamlessly into your existing membership software. SwipeIt does not charge Chambers to switch, and they will make switching simple. In addition to these savings, SwipeIt has an affinity program for Chambers of Commerce so you can earn more non-dues revenue to support your budget. Learn more about SwipeIt by requesting your free cost savings analysis and become more profitable today by visiting chamberchatpodcastscom cc as in credit card. Again, That's chamberchatpodcast.com slash cc, and you can join many other chambers as you begin
1: swiping with Swipe It.